This is a news laundry podcast. Welcome to NL Reads. The idea of the political in Hindi cinema. The political animal is still searching for its own place in Hindi cinema rather than serving as a background to a larger plot by Anand Vardhan. Almost halfway through the second part of the 2012 crime drama Gangs of Wasepur, the character of career politician Ramadhir Singh gives some insight into his success in overcoming political rivals. He argues, "Kahe ki hum cinema nahi dekhte. Hindustan mein jab tak cinema hai, log dash bante rahenge." Meaning, I don't watch films as long as films are there in this country, people will continue to be fooled. coming from a politician who is shown in the film as being steeped in the hard-nosed world of real politic that's an understandable disdain for the melodramatic terrain occupied by hindi movies but has it come in the way of hindi cinema following the politics of our times obviously not ramadhir singh might not be following cinema but hindi cinema has been keen on following the power play of the ramadhir singhs of the country from the many contexts seen in our epics to early portrayals of political ideals court intrigues and real politic in ancient plays like vishakhadats mudra rakshas the subtext of statecraft power play and the ideas and expediency of the key players have been a part of the rich legacy of storytelling in india occasionally they have moved from being the subtext to being the light motive of the narratives in different forms of performing arts it's no wonder that when hindi films became one of the most important expressions of indian popular culture in the 20th century they couldn't escape the narrative landscape of democratic politics that unfolded in the latter half of the century if not for anything else the inextricable links of politics and its cast of characters with everyday india makes it too visible to escape the attention of bollywood's sense of histrionic laden storytelling and contemporary commentary in seven decades since independence the hindi silver screen's encounters with political churning in the country has ranged from fleeting glimpses to intense themes Sometimes it is given impressions of a dabbling dilettante, sometimes that of an engaged chronicler and sometimes that of an involved commentator. There are identifiable fragments of political India in Hindi cinema, but the question remains, has political cinema offered by Bollywood emerged as an entity beyond those fragments? If we take a look at the post-independence period, What would be worth probing is whether political drama has carved a niche for itself as a regularly visited genre in Hindi cinema. What we are more likely to come across more often is the weaving of the political as a subtext or even footnotes to the narrative canvas of Hindi films. The tenor of Hindi cinema's brush with the political in the Nehruvian era was similar to the period, optimistic and creative. but critically aware of the challenges ahead and the disillusionment creeping in the first response was to see nehruvian world view as an extension of the ideological legacy of the freedom struggle as evident in the quixotic innocence of films like jagrati in 1954 and abdulli dur nahi in 1957 
But amid the obvious afterglow of independence, the skeptical scrutiny of the way the new republic was shaping up began finding expression on the Hindi screen. While following the wave of Italian neo-realist filmmaking, Bimal Roy's Do Bigha Zameen in 1953 was a commentary on the plight of rural India stuck in agrarian indebtedness and the indifference of the state to rural distress. The socialist critique of urban India was obvious in Raj Kapoor's Shri Charso Bees in 1955 and Pirsubha Hogi in 1958 and even to an extent in Gurudatt's Pyasa in 1957. However, it was Dilip Kumar starer Nayador in 1957, a year after the second five-year plan of 1956-61 was rolled out. Now the cinematic portrayal of some of the implications of the policy could be seen. In some ways, Nayador drew the cinematic contours of India's early experiments with central planning, and Dilip Kumar echoed the debates which Nehruvian India was having with itself. As the leading site of people's entertainment of a young republic, it put some bits of key political conversations of the time. While doing so, it ensured the political animal was enjoyable in its storytelling and the songs it hummed. In making cinematic sense of the 20 years of post-Nehru India, marked by the rise of authoritarian impulses and anti-establishment mobilization in the 70s, the Hindi screen showed shallow spells of engagement with half-hearted political biographies like Gulzar's Andhi in 1975 and a string of offerings making the angry young man the mascot of general unrest as seen in mainstream films like Zanjeer in 1973 Diwar 1975 and Kala Patthar of 1979 the anti-establishment angst generally served as a subtext of defying authority in general narratives of formulaic mainstream cinema the quintessential political movie of the 1970s again a victim and beneficiary of a ban alternatively was made by then member of parliament and a little known filmmaker amrit nahata in a thinly disguised satire on sanjay gandhi and his acolytes Whimsical approach to conducting affairs of the party and government, Kissa Kursika in 1977 was more of a visual collage of political cartoons that one found in newspapers before emergency was declared on June 25, 1975. In art house cinema, the political themes embedded in persistent structures of exploitation. patriarchy and impoverishment found expression in works of filmmakers like Sham Benegal, Govind Nihalani, Mrinal Sen and Gautam Ghosh. Benegal's Nishant in 1975 marking Nasiruddin Shah's debut, Ghosh's Par in 1984 and Nihalani's Ardh Satya in 1983, arguably Om Puri's most memorable film forayed in their own ways into the social context of power relationships. Damul in 1985, Aghat in 1985, and New Delhi Times in 1986 were among the offerings from parallel cinema, which sought to explore the power matrix of rural violence, labor politics, and media narratives. In mainstream cinema, three years later, 
Tinu Anand's Main Azad Hu in 1989, a remake of the Frank Capra film Meet John Doe in 1941, was a tale of how perceptions and projections are manufactured and what could be their hypothetical political consequences. With India opening its economy to the world in the early 1990s and the gradual liberalization which followed, the lure of NRI-driven foreign markets for Indian films made a section of filmmakers even less engaged with the idea of political cinema. That seems evident in the new star system led by the three Khans, Amir, Salman and Shah Rukh. Though they never came close to the dizzying heights of stardom that Rajesh Khanna and Amitabh Bachchan scaled during their prime, the three Khans kept a distance from themes that were overtly political. In fact, their body of work in the period are replete with films which had pink bubblegum feel of the all is well with the world. Working in the times of massive expansion of mass media, satellite television channels and eventually the internet, they hinged their public persona, including their screen roles, on a cultivated isolation from the political world outside the maudlin sweet nothings. The 90s apparently didn't produce remarkable political films in mainstream cinema. However, Shekhar Kapoor's Bandit Queen in 1994, based on Mala Sen's biography of decoit-turned-politician Poolan Devi, proved to be a major breakthrough for Indian cinema in weaving political subtext while chronicling contemporary lives. Other such attempts to chronicle contemporary history were rather shallow, ranging from Gulzar's marches in 1996 to Mani Ratnam's Bombay in 1995, which set a love story in the backdrop of communal riots triggered by the demolition of Babri Masjid. Even the parallel cinema experiments in narrating episodes in post-independence political moments were rather contrived, as evidenced in Govind Nihalani's Hazar Chaura Sikhi Ma in 1998, based on Mahashweta Devi's Bengali novel. Limited by the novel's rather naive understanding of political economy and the nature of the Naxal moment, the film ends up being captive to a rather romanticized worldview of left-wing rebellion in Bengal of the 1970s. This genre of students' political films, which saw an early attempt in Ram Gopal Verma's Shiva in 1990, the Hindi version of his Telugu film Siva, had a triest with the campus politics of the hinterland in Digman Shudhulia's Hassel in 2003. Though a bit muddled up with a parallel love story, Hassel portrayed the rivalry of Brahmin Thakur lobbies in university politics of Uttar Pradesh. Two years later, Sudhir Mishra's Hazar Khawaiche Aisi in 2005 sought to reinterpret the heady days of the left-wing movement in Indian campuses in the 1960s and 1970s and subsequent disillusionment. In 2007, following the Supreme Court nod, Anurag Kashyap's Black Friday in 2007 was released in India. A screen adaptation of Hussain Zaidi's eponymous book, the film tried to piece together the investigation into the 1993 serial bomb blast in Mumbai. Kashyap, however, came across as too naive when he moved from recorded history to fiction. Gulal in 2009 tried to tell too many things in an imagined mix of student and redundant Rajputana royalty politics set in Rajasthan with a naivete which became the undoing of the film. In a rather weak film, Kashyap revealed too many chinks in his sheltered understanding or fantasies of what constitutes the political in contemporary India.
These flaws became even more obvious when he returned to recount slices of contemporary history in his web series Sacred Games in 2018. In a rather dumbed-down understanding of the identity politics as a subtext in a crime drama, the narrative is a poor and often misleading guide to unravel the complex facets of the political Indian. Last year, such flaws were also obvious in Amit V. Masurkar's Newton, a lazy satire with an activist subtext. In invoking empathy for tribals inhabiting remote forests, the film wears its concerns on its narrative quite well in parts. But in demonizing the state apparatus, it ends up being visual polemics draped in satire. If India needed an election day movie, it can wait longer. Newton, with the exceptionalism of India's electoral experience in an insurgency-hit area, can't be an introduction to a day in the life of an average Indian voter. In the abnormalities of its case, well-meaning as it may be, Newton isn't a cinematic primer for our lived elections, but a contentious and hence coloured chapter for distressed specialists. What was now in the past is once in the future wrote Cambridge historian F.W. Maitland. If one observes such caution in taking a look back, it would be unfair to judge the political journey of Hindi cinema from what we know or have known. The last two decades have also been a rather tame period for Hindi cinema's portrayal of political conversations in the country, the ironical import of which becomes more pronounced given the proliferation of new technology-driven platforms of political discourse and engagement. If the early romantic or angry man tales served as the mainstream vehicles for carrying the political slideshows, now crime thrillers and poor attempts at recounting contemporary political history have become Hindi cinema's idea of making sense of the political Indian. In the process, it's exposing its naivete as well the limits of its political understanding. What hasn't changed in such political forays of the Hindi screen is the fact that political narratives haven't yet come of age to stake their own claims on storytelling, free from a minor story in the larger story. The political animal is still searching for its own fiefdom in its rather unsure turf on the Hindi screen. Also read our four-part series on the Hindi cinema. You can hear more about Netas, Abhinetas and the possibility of political cinema in India at the Media Rumble. For the second time, News Laundry and Teamwork Arts come together to bring you the best of the news media industry. Register now at themediarumble.com. Date August 3rd and August 4th, Venue, India Habitat Centre, New Delhi. This piece was narrated to you by Jinsi Thomas. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.